This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch. We're going to be awesome for you right now. On 1080. Hey, one for one. That's about a thousand, dude. That's baseball, baby. Help us, please. Somebody help us. The Fan. Yeah. Welcome into the second hour of the Hot Corner. If you missed any of the first hour, including our interview with Gus Farah, GM of the Ridgefield Raptors, you can check that out on the Les Schwab Tires podcast on 1080thefan.com. We also tweet that out. Beers on Us podcast drops tomorrow, round four-ish. What are we talking on the podcast, Mike? I already forgot. Uh, we are discussing... Some local brewery news. Oh, right. It's this new thing we're trying to do called In the Booze. Yes. Which I believe was an idea from a listener. Ooh. And I went, yep, I'm going to write that down. See, we are men of the people. Yes. Men of the people. It's 3 o'clock right now. Do you know that? Almost. Oh. It's 2.49. Yeah. Cool. Yep. There's a clock in here that sucks. Anyway, that's not important. Uh, we talked about Jacob DeGrom winning the National League Cy Young Award, and I do not want to take away from giving some love to Mr. Blake Snell in the American League. Becomes the first uh, Cy Young winner for Tampa since 2012, which I believe was David Price's loser booty. I would imagine so, yes. He had one good year in 2012 and then one good playoff in 2018, and now everybody loves him again. I was so happy that Blake Snell won this award. Me too. And I mean, he beat my boy. Looking at the... Kloob's had a good year. Well, Kloob's finished in third. He beat Justin Verlander, barely. It was a much closer vote than I thought it was. I was a little surprised by how close it was. He won by, I have it up, five points? Yeah. I was surprised by how close it was. He won by five points. But I think if you watched baseball this year, you knew Blake Snell was the bee's knees. Mm-hmm. He was the guy. Verlander was great. Kluber was great. Other guys who got votes, Chris Sale, Garrett Cole, Trevor Bauer, Blake Trinan, Edwin Diaz, Luis Severino. All great years. But Blake Snell was fan-freaking-tastic and deserved to win this award. Partially in my head because it's like, what did he overcome? He was this top prospect who never panned out to be anything. He mm-hmm. was awful. Yeah, He had no control at all. And he turns into an ace. And uh, uh, part of the reason why the Rays decided to be great at the end of the year, despite selling off some of their players, and he deserves it. So go Blake Snell. Yeah, also a I really mean, funny name. I mean, keep this in mind. Like People are going to laugh, you know, at the Tampa Bay Rays. Keep this in mind. The Rays won two less games than the Cleveland Indians. Yes. Keep that in mind. The Rays won more games than the Seattle Mariners. Yep. Keep that in mind. And they finished third. Who they gave two of their players to. Yep. They finished third with no chance of catching the Yankees or the Red Sox. This team is sneaky good. And I think you nailed it, Mike. I think a big reason is because of Blake Snell. I've always been watching this kid. And I think it's because in 2016, I picked him up in uh, our Fantasy Keeper League. And I held on to him. And I kept starting him. I kept trotting him out there, and he'd have a great start, and then he'd have a terrible start. And it was super frustrating to deal with him. And coming into the next season, it was like, do you want to keep Blake Snell? And I was like, no, I can't do it. So I didn't keep him. And then the next year, I held on to him for a little bit. In 2017, I picked him up as a free agent or in the draft, something like that. And I was like, I liked him last year. I'll give a flyer on him. And he was worse in 17 than he was 16. I'm looking at his stats. He had a 404 ERA. 
And so I dropped him. And this year, now he'll never be on my team again. Yep. Never again. Yep. I've liked this kid. I've always enjoyed this kid. And I hope he is a part of something cool in Tampa. I hope they figured out. I like Kevin Cash as as the manager down there. Um, we're going to talk about managers here coming up in about five minutes. Uh, I really, really wish this dude the best. And I hope he's part of a Tampa team that gets good. I just, I love seeing the story of the guy who was supposed to be great, who doesn't figure it out, and then finally figures it out. Yep. So I hope it continues for Blake Snell because it'd be cool to see him be this good for years to come, although I will hate it as a fan of a team in the AL East. But well, he'll probably be on your team in two years. Don't worry about it. Eh, probably not. Eh, I don't really want Blake Snell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm focused on Patrick Corbin and James Paxton, okay? And Corey Kluber, you cheater. And, Corey, and Manny Machado. <laughs> anyway, so. Who I said I don't want, but I'm now wanting. So a fat shout out, a fat shout out to Blake Snell. Because why not? Uh, on behalf of the hot corner, we are very, very happy you won. Uh, nothing against Corey Kluber and Justin Verlander. I thought both those guys had great seasons too. But little shout out to the unknown dude. I like that baseball sometimes when they get it right, they get it right in such a positive way that it's like if you put Verlander as the winner, the crowd's like, yeah, we love Verlander, you know. And Verlander was worthy of it. But I think I think most baseball kids would say. I mean, apparently not according to the voting, but I think most of us would say, yeah, Blake's no. So kudos to you. When we come back, uh, we're going to re- we're going to let you know the managers of the year and the rookies of the year. But I think Mike and I agree it's going to sound different, but we've got some interesting takes on how these awards are voted on. We'll do that next. This is Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. Oh, you going to take me home tonight. about you but i like fat bottom girls i'm down give me that booty you ever seen queen b queen b she got that queen b i'm down maybe that's why they named her queen b talking about beyonce mike you're looking at me like i'm crazy i know who you're talking about but i'm also like okay she got that queen b though yeah that queen b is pretty great yeah uh, some real quick, we're kind of, this is, I guess, our award show. I mean, tomorrow we get the MVPs, right? Maybe we'll finish the show talking about MVPs. I don't know, man. If they don't give it to Mike Trout, this thing is stupid. I mean, it's the last segment, which we never talk about anything. That's so. true. So maybe we'll save that for next week. Uh, but real quick, there's Manager of the Year and Rookie of the Year came out. Manager of the Year uh, goes to Snitker from the Braves and Melvin from the A's. And then Rookie of the Year goes to Otani from the Angels and Acuna from the Braves. So Braves uh, raking up a little bit of awards here, which yeah. I think is kind of cool yeah. for a team up on the rise. And I want to start real quick with the manager thing. And I read this article the other day that really kind of got me thinking. And you kind of, I mentioned that I had, that I had read something and you were like, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Why didn't Alex Cora win? 
And that's kind of what this argument was talking about, that it's like you basically win manager of the year because your team was supposed to suck, and then you obviously all of a sudden are decent. Right. Does that really make you manager of the year? Well, yeah, and I I was surprised Cora didn't win, but I was on the Bob Melvin train myself. I would have voted for Bob Melvin. Because... For sure, I would have voted for Bob Melvin. What he did in the second half of the year was absolutely incredible. What did they do, like a 40-10 and 10 stretch or 50-10 and 10 and, stretch? And that team is hot garbage, and I know it's not fair because I think Alex Cora... Those guys won the World Series, not just because they're a loaded team. That obviously is a huge help. But I think Alex Cora is a damn good manager. Yes. I wish the Yankees had him. Yeah. I do. I know. You're not happy with Brian Cashman? I do hate him now. Cashman's doing a decent job as the manager. He is doing a decent job as a manager. Yeah. You're right. I love that you've admitted it now. You're right. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm totally with the Bob Melvin. But you're right. it It is an award for a team that was supposed to suck that didn't. Hence the Braves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think Snitker did a great job in Atlanta, and I'm so excited to see where this team goes forward. You know, especially with Acuna and the Rookie of the Year, which we'll get to in a second. I'm so excited to see where the Braves go, especially, you know, they might be in on Machado. They might be in on Harper. Who knows? You know, they got a little money to play with. They got young kids. I'm really excited to see where the Braves go. However, would you say Snitker did a better job than Craig Council? Mm, yes, for the bad team being good thing. But I mean, in just but in Craig terms Council of- did a great job with a team that was good, but nobody thought was going to be as good as they were. That's yeah. kind of my thought, you know. And I don't want this to be, you know, like uh, uh, the MVP conversation, which is way too much of which I, I'm okay with. But it's like the best player on the best team. You know, that that we see that MVP so much. Yeah. I don't need manager to do that necessarily. And it's too bad that this is well, it's not too bad because I agree with it, but if you if you could vote on manager of the year after the playoffs, no way Snicker beats council. No way. Right. Absolutely. No way. Because this is all before the playoffs start. Right, right. right. Which I do agree that you should do that because it's a regular season award. But council to me, I thought did such a great job this year. And it was accentuated in the playoffs when he had no business taking the Dodgers to seven games and still did. Like, that is great coaching. Uh, but, you know, in terms of the regular season, like, do you, you got a problem with the way this is kind of built? I think Melvin is the same situation, but Melvin's second half was unreal. And that wins you manager of the year, I think. I would vote for Bob Melvin over Alex Cora. It was... It was the stretch that they went on. Where because of that, say say the Mariners had continued, you know, like Scott Service, I'd be like, man, good job there, but Alex Cora is better than you. No, I think if that was the same thing, Scott Service probably would have won it too. Right, but would you have voted for Scott Service? Yeah, probably, because I, even though that article says it and maybe it's wrong, that to me is more impressive than clearly one of the best teams in baseball winning 108 games, which is one of the best records of all time. But it's also like, yeah, but they were supposed to be great, you know? Right. So I guess that's what I always get hung up on is part that of it is, yeah, it's a new manager and he did a great job for his first year, et cetera. But, and part of me also believes that I could manage the Yankees better than Aaron Boone. Right. But I mean, the A's, they were so good for how mediocre their team was and how low their payroll was. Yeah. The A's are good. Oh, Oh, I like Bob Melvin. Always have. He sounds like he's going to be in Oakland for the next two decades. So, that sounds rad. Okay, switching over to the rookie of the year. You're a little hot on this. Are you sure you're not biased? 
I am sure. Yes. Okay, you're sure you're not biased. So in I'm the sure National I'm League, Ronald Acuna Jr., Acuna Matata, the savior of Atlanta baseball. Easy pick. Easy pick. I although, love the kid. Although Juan Soto was a good second choice. Yeah, Juan well. Soto was good, but man, there's something about Acuna. He's flashy. He's exciting. You know, although so is Juan Soto. Although that uh, that 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 Dodger series, you know, he's starting to teeter on that uh, cocky and arrogant thing. Oh, really? Oh, because yeah. you were rooting for the Dodgers so hard. No, no, because he like showed up the pitcher. Oh no. Well, yeah, and then the next pitch he threw was like super high, and the ump was like, "Yeah, that's a strike, kid. Get back in the box." Yeah, and then didn't he hit it like a grand slam? <laughs> well, I know, but he got lucky doing that. Lucky. The pitch before that, man, you cannot do that. The umpire was like, "That's not a strike, but I'm calling it a strike." <laughs> little douche, <laughs> little kid, get back in the box. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Acuna is great. But you got a problem with Otani? I do. And it's not because I don't think he's deserving with his numbers and all that. But when have we ever seen one of these awards go to a player that missed two months of the season? Seriously, when? When have we ever seen that? Rarely, if ever, maybe. That has been used as a talking point by voters constantly as a reason why someone didn't win the MVP or didn't win the Cy Young. Well, you can't give an award to a guy who missed two months of the season. Where's the sample size? Shohei Otani played in 114 games. 104 batting, 10 games starting. That is basically 50 games missed, which is basically two months of the season, if not exactly two months of the season, because you don't play 30 games in 30 days. There's days off. So 25 games each month, right, around. He missed two months. And he, in flying colors, won the award. He got 25 of the 30 first-place votes. And I understand Miguel Andujar didn't have the most, like, sexy statistical season of all time. He didn't hit over 300. He hit 290-something. He did set the record or tie the record for doubles by a rookie, which was great. But I think that the second Otani was both a good hitter and pitcher in the second week of the season, the awards race was done. But No matter what happened, he was rookie of the year because he was an ace pitcher and he was hitting bombs. And I think the second that happened, voters went, yeah, it's Otani's award. He missed two months of the season. You don't give an award of this caliber to a guy who missed that much time. You don't. It's just that simple. I guess my I guess my question is, to be honest with you, I don't have a problem with Otani winning it. I don't. And I think and I think a lot of it has to do with I think you are right. I think there are aspects of once some dude came in and changed the game and was like, not only am I a pitcher, but I'm a hitter too, and I hit bombs. I do think that that does skew the kind of perception of him. However, the man went four and two in ten starts with a three thirty one ERA. That's not even that sexy, right? It's I mean, good, but I mean, three thirty one. It's still good. Of course, it's good. I mean, it's not sub two, but that's still good for a rookie. Any at twenty two bombs, about a two eighty five. I mean, he's a decent hitter and he's a decent pitcher. Right, and Miguel Andujar hit. Where is it? Oh, God. Uh, and Duhar hit uh, 297 with 27 bombs and 47 doubles. 47 doubles is sexy, that's for sure. I'm glad you didn't bring up that 92 RBIs because he's on, like, the most loaded offensive team. We also hit, seen. like, eighth in the lineup. But it's just – so his hitting stats are worse than in Duhar's, and he pitched well yeah. in 10 starts. Yeah. 10 starts. The man should have Tommy John, and he's having Tommy John. 
like I I understand that it's so crazy and unique that you got a guy like Babe Ruth who can do both, right? right. I get it. He pitched ten games. He missed two months of the season. Dude, he almost throw a new new. He almost threw a no no. He almost throw a new new. That's what I said. <laughs> he almost threw a new new. Throw a new. Throw a new new. He almost it throw just, a new new. And I, I can't even say it again. I'm serious when I say I don't really care about the bias in this. I thought Andujar would win because of the injury. I mean, I don't care. But mm-hmm. it's like who cares about the rookie? Yeah, year? yeah, yeah. But you can't. It's stupid. You can't give a guy who's hurt and has pitched ten games just because oh he can pitch well. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, Madison Bumgarner can hit well, too, but you don't count that when you give him a Cy Young Award. You should put him in the home run derby, though. Um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. You kind of mentioned it. We were chatting earlier before the show, and you kind of mentioned it. I was like, man, I don't know. Like, I'm still kind of impressed by this. Me, too. I thought yeah, Otani I guess, was but, great. But being impressed doesn't mean you should win it. If there's, yeah, a, precedence, if there's a precedent set... Of years and years of voting or not voting for guys who are hurt, you stop it now because you like the idea that this guy can do both. And it's like Snitker impressed me in his managing gig in Atlanta, but we also kind of saw that coming. Craig Council impressed me. Yeah. Like Craig Council's a good manager. And uh, I apologize to you. I know you listen to the show every single week on Wednesdays from 8 to 10, but most likely in two weeks from 7 to 9 again. Uh, I was wrong with Council. I'm not wrong with Dave Roberts. I'm not wrong with Aaron Boone. Just going to throw that out there. Okay. A little fun stuff. Okay. You, we, might, you might not be wrong. <clears throat> I hope you are, but you might not be. I'm definitely not wrong. I'm always right. Cool. Good to know. I'm always right. Except for when I'm left. Sometimes I'm left. A lot of times you're left. A lot of times I'm left, actually. Yeah. Also, J.D. Martinez is going to have a terrible season. Oof, I was pretty left on that one. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way he does well. Well, I mean, like, he only won two Silver Slugger awards. Could have won three, (laughs) loser. (laughs) Why don't you try harder next year? Play play more left field and then also win that award. Yeah, you're not even the best player on your own team. That's what I always say about Steph Curry. Everybody loves Steph Curry, and I'm like, he's not even the best player on his team. People are like, what, KD? And I'm like, no, Clay Thompson, duh. Go Cooks. When we come back, we have fair or foul. We'll get to that next with my man Joe. But first, there he is with sports. Blazers getting smoke showed right now. Lakers can't stop hitting threes. Yeah, so also, that, Blazers aren't playing any defense, that's so good. that doesn't help. Yeah, you know, Jake Lehman in that starting lineup is better than Zach Collins, but, you know, what do I know? Bro. Bro. Bifurcate. Bro. Uh, this is fair or foul. This Panacea. This is where I try to sound smarter than everybody else and probably lose. So I turn this over to our fantastic producer, which you can find him on Twitter at JoeFish3FISCH. There's my man, Joe Fisher the third. Sup. Sup, dude. Um, so there were some awards handed out today. Truth. A couple Cy Youngs. Truth. Um, uh, Blake Snell winning it for the Tampa Bay Rays in the American League. Jacob DeGrom in the National League for the New York Mets. Now, uh, for Jacob DeGrom, he had a pretty good ERA at 1.7. But, fair or foul, first time in over 20 years the NL Cy Young winner had an ERA that low. I think that's foul. 
believe it's foul two, and I think I know the man who did it. Oh, do you? I think so. Um, man. Because there was a year where two guys were so low in the ERA and they were going back and forth. I'm going to say foul. I'm not going to remember. I'm not going to try to guess, but I'm going to say foul. I believe it's foul, and I got in my own head, so now I don't know which guy I want to go with. But I want to think that the guy that did it, my first gut instinct was Roger Clemens in Houston when he was all, like, roided out. Okay. And uh, then I started thinking about it, and it made me think of Randy Johnson on Houston as well. But it could be Arizona Randy. Remember he had that like crazy year. Yeah, I don't know. Where if he's he half Mariners, half Houston, and was just unhittable. I don't know if the ERA was that low though. I'm thinking. Oh, those are the two guys I'm thinking of. Wasn't it? This is gonna sound crazy. Wasn't it like Kyle Hendricks had a year where his ERA was like one something? One six two. Yeah, the Cubs. Did Kyle pitcher? Hendricks win the Cy Young? An ERA like that? I hope he did. I don't know if he won a Cy Young. I'm gonna say foul. Well, I had to check the tape to make sure I said the question uh, right, and it's NL Cy Young winner. Yes. I said Roger Clemens in, the, ah, in, in Houston. Houston. Correct. He, they were in they the National, were National League, League at the time. Okay, but I did check the tape. I did say National League, and it is fair. The last Cy Young winner to do it was Greg Maddox back in 1995, which would be 23 years ago. He had an ERA of, I believe it was 1.66. Let me find this here. They did win a World Series that year. You know who they beat in 95? Who? Hello, Cleveland Indians. Yeah. I actually did not know that off the top of my head. Really? 95? That's why I'm an Indians fan, baby. Bulldog, Oral Hershiser, some kids named Jim Tomey and Manny Ramirez. That's when Manny Ramirez started his World Series hitting streak. Yep. Mm. 1995, old Greg Maddox, he had a uh, 1.63 ERA. The old whippersnapper. Yep. Um, now, do you know who the most recent was to have the lowest um, since? God, that was terrible wording. Yeah, I know um, what you mean. So who had the lowest ERA? To win the Cy Young since Greg Maddox. Not just the Cy Young, but who's had the lowest one around that range in the last few minimum years. starts uh, i believe the answer is roger clemens for the yankees that half year he pitched unless you're talking nl only still nl only oh nl only oh i got no idea Wait, just within the last couple of years Ooh, cc sabathia in milwaukee was i wrong is, is it is it a cubs pitcher no it's not hendrix what was that i been crazy did hendrix have an amazing year uh, yeah, he did a couple of years he was ago, like yeah. two two three in 2015, that was his year. All right, for time's sake, we're going to move on, but it was 2015, Zach Greinke at a 1.66 ERA. Sexy. Yeah. He didn't I, win the Cy Young. Who won it in 15? Jake Arrieta. Oh. That was the Cubs that's pitcher. That's who you're thinking Because I remembered there were two guys who were so low that year in ERA. What, did, what was Arietta's ERA? Uh, I'm not sure. I could probably find it. I'll um, go. I'll look it up while you ask the next question. But. Fun fact real quick about Greg Maddox. I saw this the other day. He had 300, like low 300 career walks in his life, and 177 of them were intentional walks. 2015, Arietta a 177 ERA. Did you not just hear that I said Greg Maddox literally has 125 walks in his entire career? I actually did not hear it because I was looking at his test. He has like 306 career walks, and 177 of them are intentional. That's insane. Wait, so Arietta won the award and had a 177 ERA, 
but and that did not. That wasn't the lowest that season because Grinky had a oh. 1.66. The Cubs went to the World Series, which is a top there. 20 ERA of all time, finishing uh, season at 1.66. That Grinky, yeah. Wow. Um, all right, on to our next one is uh, Blake Snell. He was the other Cy Young Award winner. What's up, baby? Um, and the Southpaw going out and winning it. Um, but Ooh, he no had Southpaw question. No, I was just saying the Southpaw going out <laughs> and winning it. Um, but he had a super duper low Cy Young. Uh, ERA to win the Cy Young this year, but was it so uh, so low that fair or foul? Snell is only the second AL Cy Young winner in the last 40 years with a below 2.0 ERA. American League is tough. It's the hitter league. I'm going to say fair. I believe the answer is fair as well. I think the other person is Pedro Martinez. Um... Man, the American League, those guys just don't get under two. It's no. the hitting league. You said the last 40 years? Last 40 years? Yeah, I think I'm with Mike on this, and I think I'm going to say fair, and I'll bonus, I'll bonus wager that the answer is Pedro Martinez. You're taking home the bank, buddy. That was a good bet. Booyah! There. Pedro Martinez, only other pitcher a to do it. 197 ERA? Uh, I was no, looking at some lost, stats the yeah, other day. He just lost it all okay, there. Okay. Should have just, uh, yeah. Just taking home the money. Exactly. Yeah, he had a 1.74 uh, ERA in 2000. Blake Snell with a 1.89. Now, the I was like drunk at home, nerding out on some like pitching ERAs over the last few years. Yeah, it was. Yeah, man. It's one of those. I'm single. Our, I'm single and I got a cat, man. I like pitchers' ERAs in the American League. What so, can I say? So we've had uh, two fact-based uh, questions now. Um, let's have our third one, and then we'll finish off with a quick opinion. Our third one, Max Scherzer had a chance at his uh, third straight Cy Young. Fair or foul, he would have been the third player all time to win his third straight Cy Young. And if if you uh, say fair, who are the other two? I'm really bad at the award history. I'm pretty good with the World Series and the winners and stuff, but thinking back to who won these awards, oh, my God. Um, I'm going to say fair because of the way you set up the question. I feel like you want us to make a guess at the pitchers. So I'm going to say fair. And you said American League? Or just in general? Just in general. Three straight? Just let the music play. <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. Because I want to say, like, Roger Clemens is one. And then... Uh, maybe, like, uh, Nolan Ryan? Okay. Uh, I do not believe Nolan Ryan ever won a Cy Young. Really? Yep. Uh, I believe the answer is foul. I think only one dude has won three consecutive Cy Young awards, and I believe that man is Randy Johnson. Boom. Patrick, just money tonight. He wow. came ready to play. What's up, baby? That one drunken night of baseball ERA stats. <laughs> Told you, dude, man. It's like Wikipedia rabbit hole. <laughs> Sniffing out the trick question. Yep, there's only one other player. To have three straight And it's the years. unit. And it was Randy Johnson from two. 99 to 2002. One with the Mariners and two with the Diamondbacks. So that'd be 99, 2000, 2001, and 2002. That's four straight. 
that he had. Uh, Roger Clemens, he won seven. He won back-to-back, 86 and 87, and then back-to-back in 99, 98, and then won one in 2001. So there was a two-year gap there. Um, so Almost got it, I guess. That makes me feel a little better. Yeah, I mean, you guess the guy that has the most Cy Youngs all time. Yeah. So there you go. Dude, I did not expect to kill that. Yeah, and then a quick opinion. Uh, I saw this on the text line, so I want to ask you, fair or foul, it's annoying that Blake Snell wears number four as a pitcher. Why? Foul. Who cares? Because <laughs> there's some sort. Isn't there some sort of like pitchers have to wear double digits? Maybe. I. I have never, ever cared about these stupid number things in all sports. I only care about numbers in soccer. But even then, I don't because, really care. But those numbers signify your position. Sometimes. No, all the time. Like Raheem Sterling wears ten. No. Sadio Mane wears 10. Eden Hazard wears 10. Leo Messi wears 10. Right. Because that's what you do. No, no, no. But 10 doesn't signify the position. Those guys all play different positions. Well, they, they move around. No, Ten- they're like holding midfielders that are attacking as well. They're distributors that can score as well. Well, Ryan Sterling's a winger. But 10, I thought 10 in soccer meant the best player on the team. Nah. I'm pretty sure they give it to the guy who's supposed to be the best player Number on the team. Number nine is your guy up front. You're Bobby Firmino. You're Olivier Giroud. Harry Kane should be a number nine. But, but he I, wears 10, right? Okay, all right. Because it's the best player all in the right, team. All right, you win, Michael. All right, there's your favorite. I have to win something, okay? <laughs> Dude, Pedro and Randy Johnson are my two favorite pitchers of all time now. Good job tonight, Patrick. Impressive. Thank Mike, you. you suck. Thank you. All right, when we come back, thank you, Joe, for fair or foul. We do that every single week at 930, but maybe next time at 830. Who knows? When we come back, we'll figure this bad boy out and finish it up. This is the Hot Corner on 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. I just left a note for Cam Cleland. We'll be the next guy on that microphone over there tomorrow. Yes. Nice guy. Super nice dude. He's a husky, though. Yeah, we got problems. <laughs> I'm it's, assuming the note is something husky related. No, it has nothing to do with huskies. Something coog related? Oh, yeah, baby. It <laughs> says nine days. Winter is coming. Hashtag Minshew fries me. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Oklahoma – so here's here's what we're looking at right now. I need West Virginia to lose to OK State. Okay. Okay. And I need – um. then I need Oklahoma to lose to West V in the Big 12 championship. Okay. And then both those dudes go bye-bye. Okay. I need Notre Dame to lose to USC, which will probably happen. Uh, Hello. What? Oh, this, this no, week? they're going to lose to Syracuse this week. Yes. Duh. I have never rooted for Syracuse. The last time I rooted for Syracuse, as hard as I'm going to on Saturday, was when Mello won a title. <laughs> okay, that was a good team. Well, I, I honestly think Syracuse will win this game on Saturday. Yes, yes, Mike. I love that. So they go out. The problem is, is if Ohio State beats Michigan, there's no way. There's no way. No. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. Because that they jump you. And Michigan falls. Yeah, so we let Michigan. So let's. So I think we got to root for Michigan here. Okay. And then That's we need. Weird. I don't want to root for Michigan. Uh, then we need Bama 
to just completely obliterate Georgia. Okay. To send those guys packing. Although, funny enough, college football playoff rankings come out. We win by 20, 20 plus, 31 to 7. LSU does not play, and they're still ranked higher than us. I did think that well, on first of the all, road, first, on the road. First of all, LSU shouldn't be ranked two weeks ago higher than you guys. Agreed. So I don't know why they did. I mean, that's that's purely the committee going. Yeah, SEC. Yeah, yeah, ESPN. Yeah, we gotta make sure these guys get in. We like these you know, like guys. Help Alabama out, kind of thing. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of how it is. You know what I really want to happen though, Mike? Here's what I really want to happen. I actually want for some, I want Georgia to beat Alabama in the SEC title game because, and Notre Dame to win out. No offense to you, but follow my thinking here. I would love for Bama to lose to Georgia in a close game in the SEC title game. Okay. Because then Clemson goes one, Notre Dame goes two, Georgia goes three, and you know ESPN it's Bama is four. not keeping Bama out of this. And Bama's four. Which okay. puts Michigan at five, Wazoo at six, and we got a Rose Bowl for the ages. I want Michigan so bad. <laughs> I want Michigan so bad. Oh, you think your defense is good? Oh, you cute little Big Ten kids over there? You guys think you're so cute? You're a little offense? You guys are cool? You still run the wishbone? You like Big 12 old school days? Cool, cool. Come to Pasadena. Let me watch my Heisman kid throw the football all day. I want Michigan. And if I get Ohio State as consolation, fine. So is that is that who it would be? So assuming that does not happen... And you guys make the Rose Bowl, it's yeah. gonna be Ohio State. Prob that's what they're that's what the projection is. Okay. Because it's like remember I think it was a couple years ago when it was USC, uh USC Penn State, which was yeah, a really that was a great, great I think that was great last year. game. Wasn't that last year? Was it last? Oh yeah, it was Sam Darnold. Yeah. And Saquon. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great game. But Penn State didn't win the Big Ten and USC didn't win the Pac Ten. Uh because I think was U dub in the playoff? Two years ago, UW was in the playoff, wasn't it? Weren't they? Was it two years ago that it was USC Penn State? I don't know. I don't remember. It's hard anyway, to it's hard to remember these things. Anyway, I want Michigan. I think that would be such an exciting game. And I don't want to. I don't want to piss off Michigan fans. I I actually think I actually think you guys are better than Notre Dame. I think I think Michigan might beat Clemson. Uh, I think I think Michigan is probably the second best team in the nation, in my opinion, the way they're playing lately. Yeah, uh, I just don't trust them. Well, no, because it's Harbaugh and yeah, and and the quarterback kid. We don't know, or you know, and the Big Ten kind of sucks, just to be honest. And yeah, but is there any conference that's really not sucking it up right now? No, they all suck. I actually think the Pac-12 is the strongest, top to bottom. Mm, no. Yeah. No. I think if you, I, I, I think I don't have a rebuttal outside of eh, well, probably well, not. My reason is like I think Arizona State could beat Kentucky. Yeah, I don't think so. I think Utah could. Yeah, I don't think so. I think um, USC would beat Northwestern. Maybe, but USC is a dumpster fire. Understood. I think Stanford could beat Oklahoma State. Maybe. See, here's the thing. I don't. All of those things, I'm like, God, oh, they'd be good games. 
because all of the teams you mentioned are like, yeah, they're around above average. I think we would beat West Virginia. I think UW would beat West Virginia. I think we'd beat Oklahoma. Whoa. Well, I think Washington Oklahoma State. Oklahoma can't stop anybody. I think Washington State's really good. So, yes, I think Wazoo can beat any of those teams. For I still sure. think the Huskies are good. They got too much talent. And, I think they're, the Huskies, and they're the best coach team in the Pac-12. I think the Huskies are good, but they have looked really bad this year compared to what we're used to seeing from them, especially because they still have the same quarterback. Well, I think it's because Browning's just not very good. And he's regressed, unfortunately. which is strange. Yeah. But, no, I don't. If I had to pick a best conference, I would still say the SEC just by default. Yeah. But. The ACC, the Big 12, the Big 10, and the Pac-12 have all been kind of... Eh, I think Pac-12 is number two, man. I think outside of Oregon State, I think the crappy teams in the bottom and the mid-teams in the middle are better than the crappy and mid-teams in the SEC and the ACC and the Big 10 I don't and think, the Big 12. I have trouble with that. I, I, I think that's a little bit of like a, a location bias because you watch a lot of Pac-12 games. Sure, but I also think like the fact that Oklahoma... Like gets pushed to the brink, they they lost to Texas, right? Yeah, that's their loss. They get they lose to Texas. They're pushed to the brink by Texas Tech. They're pushed to the brink by Oklahoma State. They're pushed to the brink by everyone. Wouldn't I just that, wouldn't that on the opposite way be a positive that the Big Twelve middle teams can keep up with the best team that way? No, because I think nobody plays defense in the Big Twelve. They can't even spell defense. They can't even spell defense. And I'll spot him a D and a fence. I think Texas can play a little defense. I think Texas can too. All right, that's my man Mike Lynch. Kudos to Joe Fisher. Check out the Beers on Us podcast. We'll drop tomorrow at 4 p.m. as we uh, do some cool, fun industry news. You can get that. Uh, no show next week. We'll be back in two weeks, maybe at 8 o'clock. I'm not quite sure. Outside of that, I think it's 7 to 9. 7 to 9? Yeah, who knows? Outside of that, that's Mike Lynch. I'm P. Harris. Go do something I would do.